the world from Octopost headquarters. This is Radically Transparent, Octopost's original podcast show on B2B marketing now. I'm Jennifer Gutman, Director of Social Strategy, and in most episodes of this podcast, we'll feature B2B marketing leaders who will share their radically transparent truths behind being a modern day marketer and what it takes to grow ideas, take risks, and impact change. Joining me today on this episode of Radically Transparent is Christy Lay, social media strategist and Octopus Power user. Christy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jen. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me about social media. <laughs> Absolutely. And we know here at Octopus that you are one of the best of the best. And anybody who does a quick search on LinkedIn can see that your vast experience in social media from your time at User IQ, Burwood Group, I mean, the literally the list of credentials when it comes to somebody running social goes on and on. Um, so we're super excited to kick off uh, this episode. So I thought to do that, one of the best things we could talk about maybe is a little bit about your background um, and how you found yourself in the world of social. Yeah, sure. So for my background, I spent my professional career building social media and digital content marketing strategies for many different brands across B2B to B2C. So across different industries like information technology, software as a service, startups, to video production agencies, to nonprofits. So the list goes on and on. And as a social media enthusiast and millennial, I understood social media's immense power to help brands better connect with their customers. So as a result of that, I pursued a career in social media and digital storytelling. And my experience spans working on corporate marketing teams at, and also as an independent consultant as well. So I help businesses build their digital brand through paid and organic social media marketing and also help them out with content development. So I consult with business leaders on social media best practices, creative content concepts, and building effective social media strategies. Um, my experience starting with Octopus actually started off as an intern at User IQ. I love mentioned. this story. <laughs> yes. So, oh my gosh. Um, I was the um, marketing uh, intern at User IQ back when I used to live in Atlanta, Georgia. So they're a um, startup software as a service company. And as I discovered from you, you told me that was actually your first sale when you were in the sales team at Octopus. So it's so crazy how the universe aligns. And, you know, and now here I'm we are on the chatting Octopus with podcast. you, you know, <laughs> after a case study, after a testimonial video, and now I'm here on this podcast. It's so crazy. So and that's how I was introduced to Octopus. And then later on, as I transitioned over to my role as a social media manager at Burwood Group, I introduced Burwood Group to Octopus. And that's how my relationship with Octopus expanded. And, it, you know, I'll forever be an Octopus advocate wherever I go. So. <laughs> we love it. And we're really excited to have you here today. And, and me personally, I always love having fellow social enthusiasts on the show. There's an, a level of energy, a level of excitement when it comes to social. And I think there's a lot to learn from, from the professionals who are living and breathing social in everything that they do. So with that, I'm going to ask you a question that we are famous for asking every single one of our guests on our podcast series. Um, and we're about to get radically transparent, Christy. Are you ready? 
Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> transparent myself, so I won't hold back. <laughs> That's what we like. Um, but I'm curious to know, as a, as a fellow social media enthusiast, someone who who lives, breathes, works in social media, what keeps you up at night professionally? Oh, this is this is definitely a good one. <laughs> so what keeps me up at night professionally is um, definitely seeing business leaders underestimate the power of social media. You know, Jen, I know you're a social director for Octopus. You, you understand, you've probably heard this a million times, but uh, you know, unfortunately, there's still a myth in the industry that you can't tie social content to business results. And this is what we talked about during our last chat. So, you know, you hear all the time, you know, how can marketing content, especially social media, even generate leads? And it drives me completely <laughs> bonkers every time I hear that. So it's very possible, everyone out there, um, it's possible to target prospects and convert them into customers from your social media campaigns. It's not going to happen overnight. Let's just throw that out there. Um, it's a gradual process and you have to build a strong strategy with set objectives in place and some optimi optimization and tweaking along the way, but social media can yield measurable, measurable and effective results. And luckily for us, we have the magic of marketing automation programs like Salesforce or HubSpot that integrates with our social media management tools, for my case, Octopus, um, and that'll enable us to track the success of those social media campaigns. Um, but one thing business leaders need to understand is that you will not generate leads from social media overnight. I think they have this, yeah. uh, you know, this misconception that, oh, let's post some social media posts and they will start getting customers immediately. No, you need a uh, time, not even days, weeks, or sometimes depending on the, you know, the, uh, the effectiveness of your content, it might even take months and depending on the structure of your company, but there are many different factors that um, contribute to social media success. But ultimately, two main things to start off that you need to have. One, really great content and a way to measure su your success. And that's it's as simple as that. And if you don't have any of those two, then that's a problem. You know, you need to use social media as a selling tool. What I what I like to say is don't sleep on the power of social media. Your customers are there for a fact. If your content is that good, you won't have to find them because they'll already be following you. Absolutely. And I think you bring up an interesting point that when it comes to social, you do need to have those KPIs in place, right? You need to set actionable, smart um, goals or KPIs mm -hmm. to get there. But I think the point that you bring up that's really, really powerful is that it doesn't happen overnight. And I think what does happen overnight, though, and I think what a lot of us need to remember, uh, especially in a society where we like things now, we like to see results today, right now, we want to make sure that th what we're doing, um, you know, is impacting the bottom line. But I think what's interesting is I once heard um, that when it comes to social media and your feed, if you create a post or your brand creates posts across, let's say, your LinkedIn profile, even if nobody is necessarily liking that post right away or engaging right. with that post right away, and you don't necessarily have, you know, these high metrics of reach yet or engagement yet, it doesn't mean that people aren't seeing those posts exactly. and people mm -hmm. are making these micro purchasing decisions in their mind when they're seeing your feed, which I think is just 
it's phenomenal, powerful, and a little bit scary because in some ways it's almost like Big Brother's always watching, right? There's always mm-hmm. eyes on your content. Um, and I think that leads nicely into your, your second tip that making sure your content um, is really quality because in, in these days when you're trying to break the noise, right, we're all on social, having quality content is, is a very natural way to help you break that noise because people out there are looking to read more about or learn something, or maybe they're looking for your solution. And if you can loop them in with powerful content, you're going to be worlds ahead of your competitors. What I want to ask you as we kind of look into how we're able to do this with social, um, can you share a little bit in your experience, whether at Burwood Group or User IQ, or even what you're seeing today working with um, uh, companies, how you're able or how do you map campaigns that makes sense for social media? What does that look like? Um, how do you measure those campaigns and maybe give some of those, I, I, some of us ideas out there, you know, as 2021 is approaching and we're all kind of planning out our 2021 strategy, right? 2020 was some great year. Um, hear my sarcasm. It was uh, an interesting one, but how, how can we map uh, those campaigns for social? Yeah, and the answer is pretty simple. This goes for any project that you're working on. Always outline your goals and objectives, whether it's for your social media strategy, for you know, your overarching business goals, your, your personal goals for 2021. Um, you must outline and understand what you're trying to achieve from these campaigns. So this is a must for any marketing plan. You know, most campaign objectives fall into three categories. So the first one being awareness. So are you trying to gain name recognition? Are you trying to launch a new product or an event or establish thought leadership or humanize your brand online? So figure that out and then you can move along to um, determining which KPIs to measure that will align with your goals. Or it could be the second category could be lead generation, which is a big one for most companies, obviously. You know, are you trying to increase website traffic? Are you trying to increase email signups for a new white paper guide? And then also the third category, category and the most popular would be conversion. So mm-hmm. selling your products and services. Are you trying to capture return customers? Um, these are the three categories that your social media goals and objectives should fall under. And you know, whatever the campaign is, you have to understand the end goal or your call to action. What action do you want your user or follower to take when they see your social media post? And once you figure this out, it'll help you to determine which social media channels are most relevant to these specific goals. And to measure the success of these campaigns, you have to match your goals to your actual met- metrics used to measure the progress toward your campaign objectives, which as we mentioned, your KPIs, your key performance indicators. So for example, like I mentioned earlier, if you want to measure awareness, use metrics like volume, reach, exposure, and impressions. How far is your message spreading? And if you want to measure engagement, then look for metrics around retweets, comments, replies, and shares. So how many people are going to interact with your posts? What's the frequency and in what way are they engaging? And if you're 
goal is to drive traffic to your website, then track URL clicks and conversions. Are people being redirected from social media to your website? And what do they do once they're on your site? Yeah. Remember, let your metrics accumulate over time. You know, as we prefaced earlier, it won't happen overnight. So give it some time to accumulate. What You'll would you how- say, Christy, what yeah. would you say when you say, you know, give it some time? And this is different, right? It really does span uh, for different companies, time uh, varies. But what would you say is like, if there is a benchmark or a specific amount of time, a month, three months, a quarter, like what, what does time look like for a social media marketer who needs to prove ROI or, you know, show these metrics, but also enough time for all of this to establish? What would you say? Yeah. So it really just depends. So if you're a startup company, which I've experienced working with startup companies, um, you don't have a lot to work with. You're starting from scratch. So you can see progress within weeks, actually going from zero to 10 likes perhaps, or to at least one unique URL click. So tracking it um, week by week is helpful for smaller startup companies, but for a larger scale enterprise companies, you know, that are working with a a large number of social media marketing budget dollars, tracking it perhaps quarter by quarter is ideal for your company. You cannot sit there and, you know, watch your stats every week. Um, That's just an overwhelming amount of information data coming in. So, you know, setting quarterly goals, that's what I used to do with Burwood. Um, I would have quarterly goals and projections based off of um, my past findings, social media findings and stats, and then compare it to the goals I'm trying to achieve now. So perhaps Q1, I want to increase overall engagements by, let's say, 50%. That's huge. But uh, yeah, making sure that I am reaching those quarterly goals is very ideal and realistic. for startups, start small, perhaps track it every week or have bi-weekly meetings to see where you're at. I think that is the ideal time frame. Okay, helpful. Um, and so with that, how are you able to incorporate social media insight and engagement into your overall marketing strategy and or brand strategy, you know, and then trickle that into your sales strategy, right? So when we take a look at that, um, even if you can like give us some examples, maybe of some of your best performing posts in terms of engagements, because I can definitely share, you know, at Octopus, so we, there's a little experiment that I was running in the platform that I'm happy to share with our listeners that I was actually tagging our messages with call to action. So I would have like a engagement call to action where that would be my call to action. I wanted them to actually engage with my post, whether it was a like or a comment um, and then I had a click CTA, which was essentially, I was providing them a link leading somewhere uh, and I would want them to click on that link. And then I had no call to action. So maybe it was just, you know, a piece of information or thought leadership uh, thought that I was posting out there. And that's kind of how I'm tracking the different call to actions and best performing posts across the networks. But would you be able to give a little bit of insight on how you guys, um, or how you see this kind of being able to find those best performing posts and incorporate all of that together with sales and marketing and align it all. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, um, just using your social media findings to set a baseline or benchmark your own corporate benchmark to determine your next, uh, marketing brand or sales strategy. So how do you determine which KPIs to incorporate in your strategy? Look out for these KPI attributes. Um, this is what I, um, 
this is my source of truth. So, you know, very source similar to truth. your, like it. yeah, getting radically this, transparent with this Christie. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sharing with you guys my secret sauce. So very <laughs> similar to the smart format, you know, specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, timely, you know, your KPI should be simple. So it should be easy for you and your leaders to understand what is being measured and how the metric is being calculated. After that, make sure it's aligned. So your KPI should always be aligned with a specific objective. Actionable, KPI should focus on internal factors that are in your control, the business control. You have to be able to control a situation in order to improve upon it. So are you able to improve the overall engagements? Are you able to um, you know, control the number of posts that you are going to release within the next month? Yes, you can. So they are actionable. And you know, lastly, measurable. So a metric that cannot be measured is not helpful, obviously. So making sure that they're, that they're simple, aligned, actionable, measurable will um, pave the way for you to determine um, you know, how to incorporate social media insights into your overall marketing, sales, brand strategy, whatever it may be. So after months of collecting data, you find that, for example, your target channel, um, your LinkedIn followers increase by three to 5% every month. So your next goal is to grow LinkedIn followers by 5% by the end of Q2. So that's similar to the example I gave earlier. So using your prior insight data to set it as your baseline to determine your next goals, quarterly goals, monthly goals, whatever it may be. And for sales, for example, if you, you know, that your goal could be, okay, you want to contribute to sales growth by gaining a hundred new leads from social media, white paper download, downloads in the third quarter, um, using the number of conversions that you've uh, discovered from your prior social media insights will help you determine, okay, what should our next goals and strategy B for our sales strategy, marketing strategy. And um, going into our best performing posts, gosh, there were a couple that surprised me actually. So in terms of engagement, um, the posts that performed well were actually posts um, that offered free demos and assessments. So people love free things, especially nowadays. Uh, and, and then I, I decided to run a little experiment. So changing the graphics or the visuals of the specific posts. Um, back in the day, we used to do a lot of stock photos. I know a lot of companies now still use stock photos. That's great. But I noticed, um, you know, in the industry, there's this trend of using graphics or animations. And I don't know if you noticed that too, Jen, but they seem to reel in, um, you know, a higher number of engagements and clicks just just from the visuals alone you know you can have in your caption one simple sentence that's powerful and impactful but the image itself the visual is what gets people clicking and engaging and it was you know the numbers were so drastic i i started implementing this new style of visuals and graphics into other uh, posts with a call to action, you know, could be for a white paper download or, you know, join us for an event, whatever it may be. It was actually the, the graphics that performed well. So 
free things, animated graphics, and a simple yet powerful caption. You do, you do not need to have an entire paragraph or essay within your social media post because nine times out of 10 people will scroll past it and not even, they, they won't read it. But if it's something relevant to their space and, you know, something on a topic, a hot topic that they're, you know, uh, they've been searching for, that one short sentence can make a huge impact. So the shorter, the better, in my opinion, from my experience. Um, yeah, so promoting free things, a nice visual, uh, simple, straightforward <laughs> nice, caption. Yeah. I, and well, a call to action. Call, right. I, yeah, no, I think the nice visual is definitely, and we've had some interesting guests speaking about that as well. Um, I want to shift over to a topic that is of, um, it's very close to my heart and it's, it's a passion of mine. Let's talk employee advocacy. Um, yeah. I'm curious to know, because, you know, employee advocacy is such a hot topic today. How did you guide Berwit in the employee advocacy program and the marketing function through launching a successful advocacy program, getting it off the ground, and then once you have some something to work with, how do you scale it? Yeah, so it's this is going to be a very long, long story, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty much going to lay it all out there for you guys. So if you are working on building an employee advocacy bro program from, from scratch or perhaps auditing an old program, the first thing I would recommend you guys doing is completing an audit of their entire social media channels, platforms. Um, if they already have an existing program, do an audit of their employee advocacy program. So for Burwood, they had a small employee advocacy program, what they called the brand ambassador program. So it consisted of 20 of their Burwood employees. And it, the strategy behind it was that they would manually email the advocates, the newest, latest Burwood content, whether it be blog posts, events, and expect their employees to just share it to their social media. Hey, like share, you know, we just launched a new blog post, share it to your LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook profile, whatever it may be. The issue with that is one, they're more than likely not going to do it. They're going to ignore your email and they're not going to engage. And the issue I found with doing everything so manual is that people tend to fall off. They, you know, the first month, maybe they're excited and stoked about it, but as months progress, you'll notice that you'll only have one employee advocate left in the program that's still engaging, you know, and the, as sad as that sounds, it is the, the truth. It's, it's, it's facts. Um, you know, you need an automated program that can help you streamline this workflow and steer away from the outdated Stone Age Excel sheet. And that's what they were using, unfortunately. So when I came in, um, you know, the director told me about her pain points and what she's looking for in an employee advocacy program. I knew the first answer was Octopus. Octopus has a built-in employee advocacy tool that I've used in the past, and it's awesome. And this will allow your employees to automate all of their posts for them and make it as easy and streamlined as possible. That's what people love nowadays. They, they don't have time to be posting to social media. If they, there's a tool that can do the work for them, they're on board. They love it. So... Okay, so after the audit, I went on the tangent there, but uh, after the audits, 
you know, you're going to want to recruit uh, more employees and you'll find that over time, most of your employee advocates will be from the sales team because they love tools like this. Their customers are on LinkedIn if, it, if they're a B2B company. So LinkedIn and, you know, they want to establish their own personal sense of thought leadership online. Now, if you're working for a company and you're in the sales team and you have no idea what is going on, what's the latest you know, blog posts, white paper events happening, and you have no idea, then that looks bad on your report part. So Octopus allow the sales team to have like first access to, you know, your company's latest and greatest news and announcements, and they'll push it out immediately. They, the sales team are your number one advocates for your employee advocate program. I'm putting that out there right now. So they're already active on social. So they will be your number one fans. So, you know, after, you know, recruiting new employees, primarily your sales folks, you want to invite them to join the program. So through an email or an IM. Um, personally, from my experience, employees don't really interact with email. So I, this is, this is sounds very tedious, but I individually reached out to everyone through I am, whether you're using Slack or uh, Microsoft Teams, whatever it may be, I made or created a preset, pre-made template listing all the perks and benefits of why they should join. And I would copy and paste it into the I am. Make sure you change the name too. So if you're reaching out to John, type out John. Hi, John. You know, I noticed that, I, you know, I did an audit on your social media. I noticed that you have a huge following and you're, you're very engage and interactive with your customers on LinkedIn, would you be interested in joining our employee advocate program? It's, you know, we, you don't have to do much, just share the content and that's it, it's easy to go. And they're like, heck yeah, I want to join. So frame it in a way where it's, you have to sell it to them. So after they accept your invite, you're going to want to send them a formal email invite. Again, I created a pre-made template with instructions and screenshots on how to create their account and get started. Um, you know, in the pre-made template email, include a disclaimer to have their account ready and set up before your onboarding call because oh, you'll nice. be selecting one of them it puts pressure on them to go ahead and set up their account. You'll be selecting one of them to share their screen as you guide them through the platform. So you send the formal e email invite with instructions out to them. After that, go ahead and schedule a 30 minute one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one -on -one onboarding meeting with the folks you're going to onboard to the platform. And the reason why you're going to schedule a one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one -on -one instead of an all brand ambassador meeting is because they are a lot more engaged. They're not, there, you know, aren't too many cooks in the kitchen. So they're comfortable enough to ask questions and it'll help you build a relationship with the employees that you, you, you just, you just haven't met before. So especially if you're working in a company that's remote and all across the U S um, well, that was for my case, there were, you know, employees that I, I never, new existed within the company or, you know, I just discovered like, oh, wow, there's a title for that. You do this, what? So you build this relationship with them and you also build a sense of your own thought leadership within the company as well. So networking with employees in your company, it, it's great to 
have these one-on-one relationships with them through these onboarding calls. So during the meeting, you're going to select the person who signed up last or didn't, uh, didn't already started uh, to explore the platform. So if you guys are using Octopus, you'll be able to see when, when, when the last sign on time, you know, John Doe um, signed onto the platform, or perhaps John Doe was already messing around with the platform and sharing posts. Good, he's safe. He does not have to share his screen. Now the other person, <laughs> is not safe, he'll be uh, sharing his screen, but it's okay, reassure them that you'll be guiding them along the way and be patient as well. So think of it as like, you're a salesperson trying to onboard customers to the platform, treat it just like that. And um, you know, it's very easy and straightforward. So preface with that as well, emphasize this is very simple, don't be nervous. So they should be good to go. So after the, the meeting is over, you're, you are going to send them an onboarding recap. So again, a pre-made template, copy and paste of, you know, highlighting all the do's and don'ts, best practices, and any homework assignments that you, you gave them during the onboarding call. So during the call, well, at the end of the call, I'll say, and I'll send you a recap and some homework assignment. It's nothing hard, but perhaps try to share one suggestion or, or, you know, install the mobile app or add the Chrome extension, whatever it may be that you want them to do to ensure that they are, they continue to be engaged with the platform yeah. after your call is over. After that, you are going to want to um, um, kind of assess their, their health with the platform. So are they still using it? Are they engaged? So a way to ensure that they, are, they, are, they continue to stay in the loop, you must send them monthly newsletters and also conduct quarterly audits and check-ins. So within the monthly newsletter, this replaced what we used to do back in the day. We used to do have monthly meetings, but the issue with that, you cannot have monthly meetings with 20 employ Berwin employees because their schedule is all over the place. That's not possible. So you'll have five people on the call when there should be 30 people on the call. So instead, I replace that with monthly newsletters with all the latest updates and, you know, all the latest Octopus um, reminders, updates to the platform, reminders to reconnect their LinkedIn or the latest posts to share, new blogs, white papers, events, etc. So in the newsletter, I also include top thought leaders of the month. So we used to have um, internal competitions to ignite this friendly, competitive um, spirit amongst the team. So we would hand out $20 Amazon gift cards to kind of incentivize them to uh, utilize the platform and you know, just really go at it, use social media to your power and also include social media tips and tricks for them. They, they love that. It was very helpful and useful for the team. Um, after that, you are going to want to conduct check-ins. So you only, well, for us, we only paid for 20 licenses. And when you have these check-ins, you're going to uh, ask them, you know, are you willing to participate in the next quarter, the next month? So, you know, either most of them would say, yes, I would love to, or some of them would say, no, let's pass the baton on to new aspiring employee advocates in the companies. If you think about it, you, the company will receive new employees almost every quarter, depending 
on you know the The what they're looking for yeah no I think yeah it's a really interesting strategy to be switching them out and and also kind of having them own their experience what I'm also curious to know is you know so I'm just hearing you speak and you have so much knowledge about employee advocacy, you know, you run a program, we, you know, the challenges with engagement and, you know, gamifying the experience is something that really helps to drive that engagement. I want to ask you again, to get a little radically transparent with us, but what do you, knowing now what you know about advocacy and really living through launching a program and keeping employees engaged, what do you wish you knew before you launched the program that you know now today after doing it, right? So in retrospect, looking back, but what do you wish you knew before you launched one that could help fellow marketers or fellow employee advocacy leaders lead their program to success? Yeah. So looking back, hmm, what (laughs) I would say the number one thing, uh, as I mentioned during my, uh, you know, um, onboarding outline, is that um, one-on-one onboarding meetings are 100% more effective than an all brand ambassador employee (laughs) advocacy meeting. Um, The reason why that's so important is because I feel like I could have saved myself a lot of time, energy, and effort um, conducting these personal one-on-one onboarding meetings than trying to outline an entire meeting agenda and then having employees um you know email message me oh i can't make it oh i have another conflict during this time so you're you you spend all that time creating this meeting agenda and the content for this meeting only for five employees to show up whereas if you have um these individual one-off meetings then they are a lot more engaged and you feel like your efforts are worthwhile. This was definitely worth it. All this, this energy and um, time I spent into, you know, creating this strategy in this program, it's, it's well worth it because they're engaging with me. They're asking me questions and they're getting to know the platform um, with a hands-on experience. So I would say if I could reverse time, (laughs) I would start off with one-on-one onboarding meetings. One-on-one onboarding meetings. We are putting that in bold print. We're going to start including that in our study guides, our our ultimate. I think we do it here at Octopus as well. I think it is critical. I'm going to throw a curveball at you now. Is social media good or evil? Um, I am biased. (laughs) So as a social media strategist, um, yeah, depending on how you use it and how you perceive it, it can be good. So nowadays, uh, social media can be used as a source of valuable information and learning aside from your personal uses. So ultimately, from a business standpoint, it's a low marketing cost. So it can help you increase you know, your overarching business goals and objectives. So brand awareness and sales, website traffic and improved rankings on search engines, actually going down the SEO route, but we're not going to go there. Um, (laughs) You know, whether you're a fairly new company or a a seasoned enterprise, social media is a very cost-effective lead generation tool that will help you to build relationships with your customers. And that is the ultimate goal right there is having this relationship with your customers and interacting with them, getting to know them so they can know you 
your brand a lot better and on a personable level. So social media is good. Social media is good. Does everybody hear that? Social media is good. Now with that, um, I'm looking at the time and I want to be conscious of it. Um, So I want to ask you one last question. And this question, this is my favorite part of the show. Um, because in today's world, as we said, social media is good. You can literally stalk everyone and find out so much information about anyone. Uh, enter the name in Google, go to LinkedIn. And I was hoping today, Christy, you could tell us one thing about yourself that we cannot find on your LinkedIn profile that we can only learn if you listen to this podcast. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one thing I can think of, um, I also have a passion for videography and photography. So, you know, not a lot of people know that um, unless you're, you know, in my personal circle. But uh, I, I, you know, recently you had a another podcast with another um, video marketing enthusiast. And that's it definitely perked my ears and I reached out to her and I told her I have a passion for videography too so I love that podcast so uh you know Yvonne Felder yes yeah so yeah it's not to the I'm not like on her level or to that extent but uh I do her stuff is great I, yeah, I do love video photography. So um, yeah, in my spare time, you'll find me creating and editing, you know, wedding videos and shooting graduation photos. You know, my dad was also in the business of wedding oh. videos and photos, um, you know, back in the day, you know, I didn't realize at the time, but at five years old, I was helping my dad crop photos using an ancient stone age version of Adobe Photoshop. <laughs> so I think that's where my interest in these editing tools began. So not to mention, you'll also find me flying my drone over the beaches of Southern California, which I tend to post a lot on my personal YouTube channel. So (laughs) I do have a personal YouTube channel. It's just all my adventures and vlogs in Southern California. So what's it called? Can we follow it? Yeah, sure. It's, um, um, I don't know. I'm blanking right now. Chris, (laughs) like I'm I'm trying to think back do I have anything crazy on there no 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 but it's just um if you're more interested in like watching my personal life and you know my life in Southern California you'll find that there but uh it's Chris and Todd so it's a shared vlog channel with uh uh myself and my boyfriend as well that's fantastic we'll have to check it out Yes, for sure. Yeah. And then I don't know if you can see it, but here's a little bit of my camera equipment on my shelf back here. So yeah, oh, look at um, that. that's, that's something you will not find in my LinkedIn, but I'm sharing <laughs> it with only you, Jen, for you. You're the best, Christy. Thank you so much for your wisdom, your employee advocacy expertise, helping us understand how to measure social. Um, for all of our listeners out there who I know that these are hot topics, especially as we head into 2021, Um, where can we find you um, if we have more questions for you or we want to learn more about advocacy or running a program? Where's the best place to connect? Definitely reach out on LinkedIn. Um, I I live and breathe LinkedIn. I'm always (laughs) on there. So um, let's see. You can find my LinkedIn. um, Let's see. My username is it should be Christy Lay 95. So that's <laughs> where I'm at. You will find me there. Um, other than that, yeah, I, 
I'll be there. I'm looking forward to connect with all, you know, social media enthusiasts, digital marketers out there. So fantastic. So for any of you listening, go ahead and head to LinkedIn, give Christy Lay a follow, reach out, send her a message, let her know you heard about her on the Octopus podcast show. While you're at it, feel free to subscribe to our channel, um, B2B Marketing Now, for more great podcasts. And Christy Lee, we're super excited that we had you on the show. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to future conversations. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Jennifer Gutman, your host and director of social strategy at Octopost. For more incredible episodes, be sure to follow our channel, B2B Marketing Now, wherever you get your podcasts.